0: So guys, welcome back to the fifth episode of Uncle Stevie's Nephew's Podcast. It's December 20th when we're recording this. Um, not that much that we have to say in this podcast. This would have been one of the weeks if if the Nolan Arenado rumors didn't come out, we probably wouldn't have done a podcast. But we think there's enough to get something out there. So we decided to go for it. Um, so what we're going to talk about, obviously, I said Nolan Arenado. Um, the Mets got Jared Eickhoff. There's not that much to say there, but we'll go over that. And... Um, I don't, is there anything else that we want to talk about besides the David Wright moments? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. It's David Wright's birthday when we're recording this. It should be out the same day. So that's why we're going to go over that. I guess we'll first start with Nolan Arenado. Um, It was rumored early this week that the Rockies want to get into trade talks with specifically the Mets for a Nolan Arenado deal. Uh, The reasons for that are pretty simple. Obviously this past season, everyone's been hurt by the coronavirus in terms of the money situation, except the Mets, because Uncle Stevie came in with all his money that he, and he probably made more money during COVID than he did before that. Um, so he has the money to be able to take on a contract like Nolan Arenado. The Rockies don't have the money anymore, really, to be able to continue to pay Nolan Arenado um, his crazy contract that I don't know the specifics, like how much money it is per year, but it's it's a lot.
1: It's um, close to, like, it's in the 30s. It's, it's up there. 30 yeah. percent,
0: yeah. I mean, Nolan Arenado is a superstar. He has a huge contract. If it didn't happen what happened last year with the coronavirus, the Rockies probably wouldn't be as open to trade Nolan Arenado. But but in the past, they have there have been rumors about Nolan Arenado being traded. Um, so we're just going to give our opinions on that. In my opinion, a Nolan Arenado move, I've been going back and forth this whole past week since it started. Actually, I mean, for a while, but, specifically this week, if the Mets should trade Nolan Arenado for Nolan Arenado, I mean, in our little group chat, we were going over the Jim Duquette trades that he came up with for Nolan Arenado, And as it's been for a while, Jim Duquette continues to favor the Mets um, in all his trades. I mean, I think the one that interested me the most was the Robinson. C- well, no, I mean, both. Well, it
1: was Jerry's Familia. Um, JD Davis was in there. I I think was was that Corey Oswald or was that a separate trade? I think that was. Uh, what's interesting is that when Morosi first reported this on LB Network, he specifically mentioned Robinson Cano being part of the deal. And if somehow, some way you can get Cano's contract off the books, you know, because we know he's not getting paid this year, but going forward, it's still gonna be a problem for the Mets. So if you can get rid of that contract while bringing on Arenado. That wouldn't be bad. What I don't like is as I said you might have to put Nemo in the deal, and I don't want to have to lose Nemo just to get rid of Cano's contract, especially yeah. because Arenado's an infielder, is an outfielder. So like we've talked about before, there's still always an extra move. So I just for that sense alone, it doesn't work out quite as well.
2: You really have to pick up an outfielder too. So having yeah, to pick exactly. up two would not be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is that, like, not only do you need the outfielders, so you don't have Smith playing left field, but we talked about before, there's no backup outfielders. So now you need three outfielders <laughs> plus starting rotation, and you're bringing in Arenal's huge contract. So yeah. a lot of people talk about the opt-out. is not opting out of this deal. I mean, that's the whole reason why the Rockies have a tough time training. him. No one wants to pay that contract. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's getting more money than what he's getting now. I mean, he would be yeah. insane to opt out in this kind of market. Yeah. I mean,
0: like you said, in this market, I mean, no one's giving yeah. him more than 30 million a year, whatever it is. But I mean, for me, like looking at the different trades, I don't even want to really take Jim Duquette's trades seriously. But I mean, <laughs> like you said, with Robinson Cano, if you could get him off the books, like I think even if it was Brandon Nemo, I don't know. I mean, having Nolan Arenado on this team would be so cool. This could just be like my, like, uh, what's the word? I don't know what the word is, but I mean, Nolan Arenado is such a good player and to have him at third base for however many years are left on that contract would be really cool. And I think, I know Brandon is a good player, but I think you could find someone else to make up for that spot. Um, but if I'm like looking at it, what I've been going back and forth in my head is like Mets fans have waited so long for the Mets to like make a crazy move and like, just go out and make a crazy move. I mean, I, it might not work out the best. And I know this might be, like, my hopeful side talking. Like, you know, it's all going to work out. Nolan now is going to be good forever. Um, but that's kind of, like, what I've been debating in my head. Like, do they go out and make a crazy move and, like, have Mets fans, like, really excited? Or do they play it smart and think about doing things like that? But just in, like, my head and, like, my years of being a Mets fan, like, I just want to be so excited by a move again. Like, The Johannes Cespedes move when that happened was a very exciting time, but this is just on a whole nother level Um, if they could make something like this happen. And let's just say it was a Jim Jim Duquette-like trade. I mean, what people have been saying is the Rockies aren't looking for some crazy amount for Nolan Arenado like they would have in the past because they want to get rid of the money. And something that's been talked about is like, you always see the Yankees make these crazy moves. They made the moves for Stanton and they were able to get, let's just say Stan continued the same way that he was when they traded for him, they were able to not have to trade a lot because they were willing to take on his money. And the Mets are in the situation now that they can just take on the money and not have to give up a lot. And that's like when the Stan move happened, that's like me and my dad were talking about, I just, I still remember this, like that's what like big market teams can do. They can be willing to give up a lot of money and not a lot of prospects or stars to get big players. And I mean, the Stan move is like kind of a bad example because he's been bad now um, and he keeps on getting injured. But Nolan Arenado doesn't have a history of just getting injured like Stanton does. And he's right now a Hall of Famer and could even be considered better than David Wright, um, even now in his career. And to have a third baseman like that on your team and just having to give out, up that money for someone like him would be such a cool move and that's just like what i've been debating in my head and if i'm like being honest right now i want the move to happen um i don't know who i want them to give up but like robinson cano i'd definitely be willing to give up brett Beatty, i'd definitely be willing to give up i mean he's a third baseman you're getting a third baseman back and i forgot who the other person in that deal was it was like the second jim duquette trade that he was saying um but just being able to give give up money for him like that just seems so smart to me uh, for a player like him. And you're in the situation now where you shouldn't be stingy on the money that you're going to spend.
1: Yeah, I think the way I've looked at it is, I look at him as like a backup Springer move because if Springer were to go to the Blue Jays, then I'm like, okay, I need to get some kind of big bat in so I could get Arenado and hopefully not give up too many prospects. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Springer is not only a better fit. But also, you don't lose anything. You know for a fact you won't lose any prospects. So I do like that aspect of it. But the couple other things to keep in mind is like you're saying they have to make a big splash move. And personally, like I want it to be the right move, but I understand why like they have to. Because even with the McCann thing, so many people complained about it. Executive mm-hmm. saying Mets blue and not getting real yeah, neutral. Yeah. So everyone was making such a big deal about it. Like we've been saying, it's a seven-year deal. Why would you do that? And people are like, oh, they didn't do it right. They have to do something big. Oh, the Mets are still being cheap because they're trying to save money with McCann or Trevor May, whoever it is. So it, let's just say that Bauer and Springer got insane contracts and the Mets didn't get them. But it was smart because you're like, you shouldn't do that deal. People would be all over them for not making the move. So, I mean, it's a very tough balance of trying to please the fan base but also make smart moves for your organization. Mm-hmm. So that, that has to be the most fascinating thing to me is that people make such a big deal about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one thing I do have to say is, like, Steve Cohen, I'm not going (laughs) to keep calling him Uncle Stevie, but um, Mm -hmm. he, he, like, I have a feeling like he understands where the fan base is at. And if I was in his position, like, I wouldn't even really care. How do I word this? Like, making such a move like that, like, let's say it doesn't work out, would still put you on the good side of the fan base because you decided to go out there and make a move like that I mean it's true if you're looking at it and the people that they'd have to give up it would be like crazy for it to go the bad way for the Mets like it's just really the yeah. money that's the bad part of it mm-hmm. I mean prospect like Brett Beatty I don't think is going to live up to Nolan Arenado um, no, Definitely not. or any other prospect that the Mets give up it would have to mm-hmm. be crazy for him to for him to be anywhere close to what Nolan Arenado is as a player. And the fact that the Mets can get him at a discount right now just makes so much sense for them to do. Um, And I, I, like, it might not be, like, the smartest move, but, like, you have such an opportunity to please the fan base that's been, a fan base that's been hurt year after year by terrible ownership, and you're in such a spot, you're on such a good side with the fan base. If you just do this move, like, you're free for, like, like three years down the line if nothing happens because you decided to go crazy. Yeah.
1: Three years might be a stretch. I, I, but like, Met, fans, Met fans they're yeah. pushing. You know, after <laughs> one year they're ready to boo you out of town, you know. Oh, so, yeah. like, I know, but like
2: it's no <laughs> three not, years not patient at all.
0: if you're if you're risking it for someone like that, three years might have been a stretch. But like yeah. you're like in such a good spot mm-hmm. if you make that deal and there's like a very low risk that it doesn't work out in your favor. Unless yeah. you no know, Arenado gets a freak injury, which would be what happens to the Mets. But, yeah.
2: And that was the thing. But I mean, yeah. it all comes down to this, though. Like, would you want Arenado or do you want Lindor for that trade? Because you can't make yeah. it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think that with Arenado, the, the, you're hopefully not giving up his main prospects or not so much prospects, but guys on the major league roster, because you talked about like Brett Beatty is not going to be known Arenado, but I don't want to give up Nemo or Dom Smith or JD, some of these other guys as much. Cause we know those are good major league players. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to pull up the Arenado trade. But the one thing to keep in mind, number one, Lindor is a few years younger, you know, he's a switch hitter and no course field effect because okay. no one puts up great power numbers home and away, but the average it's a big deal. Like he'll hit 350 at home and in the 270s away, which is still yeah. good. Like if you're still giving me, you know, 270s and still hitting over 30 on runs, that's still a good player. Not quite as good as Nolan is, you know, full package in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. But we've seen Deja Lemayhu do really well outside of Coors Field. But that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. So that's one of the risks to consider. But also the fact that you know that you're going to be paying Arenado through, I believe, it's 2026, and that last year was 27 million. All the other years are 30 million. And I think that for Lindor, since he's younger, you might be able to get him a little cheaper with the market in place and everything right now. But like we've said before, there also is the other possibility where next year, you know, there's all the shortstops out there because some things I've been trying to tell people is that, you know what, there's more off seasons to come. Like Steve Cohen right. is gonna make moves every offseason. You don't just get every single player this offseason, not right. do anything for the rest of the other offseasons. So, like this year, you know, there's a good center fielder out there, next year there's good shortstops out there. So next year'd be a better year to pursue something like that. So I think that again, Arenado should only be a backup plan if you don't get Springer because you do want to do something to this lineup to really, you know, get that right-handed balance, which Arnado could provide similar to the way Springer does. So not necessarily the position you need like center field but he still could get the job done there.
0: One thing, like, I mean, yes, they do have, like, J.D. Davis, who's, like, a viable third baseman. But, I mean, third baseman isn't, like, a strong suit for the Mets either. Like, that's a position that they could definitely look into filling. And, I mean, Nolan Arenado is, like, the best third baseman out there. Um, So that's, like, something else to consider, that uh, it's not the strongest spot for them. Um, I'm just trying – I'm trying I, – I had so many thoughts this week about the Nolan Arenado move. Um, I, I, like, can't even name a player on, like, in the Mets farm system that I would care about leaving for Nolan Arenado. Um the, the,
1: the two guys that I, I've said that I really don't want to get rid of yet is Alvarez and Pete Armstrong. Just because of the positions they play, I think that catcher true. and center field are just so important long-term. Like, we just need to see more of them. Like, it would help so much if we had a minor league season this year. So we mm-hmm. can kind of get a better feel for where these guys are because we have no idea, you know, especially these young guys like Armstrong and Alvarez. They're so young. They have a lot more to do. They have to get a lot higher in the farm system. or get to AAA, how they perform on that level, you know, or th- can they compete with those guys? We don't have those answers yet. So yeah. it definitely be such a risk because with McCann, we talked about it, it's a four-year deal. So after McCann, what are you going to do, go back to Tomas Nito? Like you're hoping that the next move is Alvarez. You don't want to give yeah. up Alvarez in a Sonny Gray trade or Lindor, whoever it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: there's only like a few players in on the actual. Nah, that's not actually true. There's the Mets have a lot of good players. Like just like thinking about it right now, they have players that I wouldn't want to see move. Um, But yeah, I I don't want to spend too much time on this. But like, I in my if I were just to give a summary of this, I want the Mets to trade for Nolan Arenado. If they have to give up someone like Brandon Nimmo, me honestly, I'd be fine with it. I think they could figure it out. because it is Nolan Arenado, and he's much better than Brandon Nimmo, even if it's the different positions. Um, and I think Jay, uh, let's see. Uncle Stevie is in such an interesting spot because he's at such a good uh, spot with the fan base. But if he doesn't do anything else besides James McCann, like, people are going to start saying, did we, did, did we not gauge Uncle Stevie right? Like, Is he not willing to spend money? even if he is and he's just trying to be smart this offseason, like people could start – you could start hearing some whispers about Steve Cohen's not maybe not as good as we thought he was. So he has to also think about that. I think he's in a good spot either way, but I think the Nolan Arenado would be a huge move. Um, going to the next thing, he wants to talk about Jared Eikhoff. There's not a lot to mu- a lot to say about him. Jared Eikhoff, I mean, he's a career reliever, constantly is between like the farm system and major leagues there's not too much to say there um he's just another reliever that they were able to get their hands on he's someone that could turn his career around maybe i mean there's always those years where players um start to maybe figure it out let's just look at his stats i mean his best year is 2015 265 era and then from there um his best year was 365 the next year, and then it just skyrocketed. Uh, 471, 2017, 2018, 675, 2019, 571. So, I mean, definitely not doing great. Um, I, I, I mean, it's a minor move. I, if, if we had more to talk about, we probably wouldn't even talk about this move. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just another reliever to add. Maybe he shows something in spring training. That's all I really have to say about him.
1: What I like about Eichhoff is that he has starting experience as well. So at least he's a guy that, you know, we talked about before, but those spot starts, double headers, guy gets scratched from the start. You could have Eichhoff make the start because you just need that overall depth. Jared Porter's talked about that a lot, which has been a good sign that Porter has talked about depth and, you know, getting guys that are lower level, you don't think about international players, things like that. All that's very important. So if you have Iqal filling in for a start, you know a couple times, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like he could still keep it close enough, competitive compared to some of the other guys. The Mets have make starts that have no business starting a major league game. You know, yeah. you don't have to use Kilo May or all these other guys. I mean, how many times last year did the Mets have somebody do long relief and then they had to send them down to the minor leagues and call somebody else? I did yeah. a few innings. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a mess last year Revolving with the pitching. Door. Yeah. So I mean, if you have somebody like Iqal that you can count on, make a start every now and then, just for a couple weeks. Then you'll be okay. You know, you won't be like, "Oh my gosh, there's no way we're going to win this game." That's an automatic loss because in a close division, a close wild card, that game or two we're here. Or there, how many times, two years in a row, the Mets with three games out. Imagine if you had three games, we didn't have a guy that has no business starting. Hmm. What kind of difference it can make long term?
0: Yeah, that's true. I actually like. I'm looking at Baseball Reference. Do they have like a place where it just like starts? Because I don't think they do.
1: It would it would have to be in the game logs and it yeah. would say how many like innings he pitched. Yeah. They show um, like that's
0: it's too really. annoying to look at. I, I'm um, looking
1: at I'm looking him up. I put Jared E and it says no results. So I, I guess he's like <laughs> he's done he's not even a baseball player. So what, why did that even sign him? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get the guy from the Phillies. No.
0: <laughs> okay. Um yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. Now um in honor of Captain America's birthday, David Wright. Um We're going to go around, share our favorite Mets moments with David Wright, obviously. Um, I was thinking about this before the podcast because I kept on – I mean, I was on Twitter. I was on Instagram. There were so many David Wright highlights just everywhere because it's his birthday, and he's such a major part of New York's history, I guess. Um, If I had to pick one – I mean, the World Series home run was, I mean, such a cool thing to happen – for David Wright, that year was just terrible for him in terms of his injury. And to be able to go out there and hit that home run, in my opinion, I mean, that, that like, is a crazy moment. And, I mean, sometimes I just sit on my phone and just go back and David Wright highlights on YouTube and just watch that over and over again because it's such a cool moment to have. But if I were to pick, like, my favorite, I'd say it was that season, but I'd say it's when he came back with the, against the Phillies and his first at-bat hit that home run. I, I remember... I mean, as most of you guys would expect, my whole family are huge Mets fans, and my brother was in college at that point. And um, was that his twenty fifteen? That was his first first year of college, I'm pretty sure. And obviously, um, we how it happened before that, we would watch like the games all together as a family, um, and just watch them over over and over again, no matter how bad they were. And that year, we couldn't obviously because he was. He went to Cornell. So I mean, he was far away from us. So he would watch it there. But the David Wright game when he came back was such a huge moment that we actually, before the times of Zoom, we put him on FaceTime on my computer and like had him face the TV so we could watch together. And his first at bat, he hit a home run. And it was it was it was like a monster home run too. And it was like, I mean, look, I didn't cry or anything, but it was it was an emotional moment to have David Wright come back from where he was to come back and hit a home run like that. Um, it was such a cool moment, and that's, like, something that will always continue to, ha- like, be in my head forever. Um, one of the coolest Mets moments. Hopefully, there's some more cool, better moments than that, like maybe a World Series championship. But um, that will always be one of the best David Wright moments that I can think of.
2: I would definitely maybe. think, besides, <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to go there first break. My bad. <laughs> no, you can take it. <laughs> but yeah, definitely World Series got to be one of the top ones for sure. But when I was looking back, I was like, wow, there's so many different moments to look at. It came between like two different ones for me. I'm just gonna say one just in case it, the next one's yours, Frank. I don't want to take your spotlight away there. Mm-hmm. But for me, I would got to say it's World Baseball Classic, not even when he was on the Mets. Yeah, um, when he donned the name Captain America. Yeah, um, so you know, 2013, they're playing, um, it was, it was, even, it was pool play, it wasn't even the actual season yet for World Baseball Classic, he played against Team Italy. Um they didn't do too well the rest of the season, but that grand slam, like wow. And it was against his own descent too, because he's Italian. So yeah. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> yeah.
1: so There was a few. I mean, one of the ones that like my first big different moment I remember was oh six, that walk off here against the Yankees with Mariano Rivera. Like, I I don't know why. That's one of those highlights I could watch over and over. Maybe because it's against the Yankees and Mariano. But that's one that I could watch over and over. But uh, a couple other good ones. I mean, that one catch he made, that over-the-shoulder one, that was just an overall great highlight. But I think my favorite David Wright moment, per se, was when the Mets went to the World Series and him and Daniel Murphy hugged each other. Because those were two guys that, they were with the Mets through all of their terrible years because as much as I love Grandy or Cespedes or those other guys, they weren't there. They didn't yeah. suffer mm-hmm. like the way David and Murphy did. And when they just hugged each other, like, I got so upset because I just, like, felt, like, the same pain that they mm-hmm. felt. And it was all, like, in one embrace. And it was just, like, such a – that was an emotional moment. That one definitely was. And that game you were talking about, that Phil definitely hit the home run. What's crazy about that game is DeGrom was on the mound and he had, like, a bad play at first base where they call the guy safe. Phillies have this big inning. David Wright yeah. hits a home run, and the Mets were on to hit a bunch of home runs that game. and right, made this him. huge comeback. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. they mm-hmm. set the record. Darno was in home runs. Cespedes in mm-hmm. home, run. Flores, like like, home runs. Flores, like,
0: yeah, that game. Yeah. That
1: game just after David Wright's home run it started to be an insane game for the Mets. That was yeah. really cool. And the other big David Wright moment that we should mention is that GIF where he slides into home plate against the Nationals yeah, in DC. Yeah, yeah. And does that big fist that. bump. Yeah. That, that's another really big David Wright moment. Yeah, yeah, that they always show that. Like,
0: yeah. um... There's so many. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say that one with the fist pound because, like, that's just like yeah. all his emotion coming out. And I, I did, like, I remember that year. So he had the nationals one, and then when he was when they were playing the Dodgers at Dodgers Stadium, there was one where he yeah he a, um, a late hit in the play-off yeah thing. yeah it was yep. a late hit and he ran to first and did the did the fist pound thing or whatever, uh, fist bump, whatever. Um, but yeah. I also, one thing that I always remember with David Wright is, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Noah Syndergaard was coming up, there was, like, yeah. during spring training once, like, I, I forgot the actual details of it, but basically David Wright being the captain put Noah
1: Syndergaard in his spot, and do you remember the details of it? It was, like, he... Yeah, it, it was something with a spring training game, and I think Noah was, like, in the clubhouse eating or something instead of watching the game. Yeah. So okay, it was yeah, David Wright was and I'm guessing Murph. I'm not sure who the other person was, but they threw mm-hmm. Noah's food in the garbage and they say, you know, you got to make sure you're watching the game and paying attention and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And that was before Noah came up, you know, yeah. cause Noah was just a prospect. He was not Thor yet or anybody big. And then later that season is when he came up and uh, performed really well. So that, that definitely was a good moment just to show that kind of character with the captain. And uh, the person commented about the Conforto thing, like Conforto, I feel like he is the captain. I mean, the Mets mm-hmm. did say it, but I feel like it's not talked about enough. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, they don't embrace, you know, Conforto as the captain, like the way they always did with David Wright. So, I'm guessing they're probably waiting to the contract extension because why would you make Conforto the captain the very next year you're going to let the guy walk away? <laughs> yeah, you're it wouldn't like, look oh. too good. Yeah, some, some captain that is right there. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope that after the contract extension, that could be something they do in the future. Yeah, I mean, my,
0: I don't want to, like, change the topic, but, like, Michael Conforto continues to be, like, underrated across the league in my opinion. yeah. Um, but if I were, there's David Wright. I, I mean, when he had that Padres catch, that was before I was like paying attention to baseball. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Like my dad, like showed me that highlight. Like I mean, I was I had I knew nothing about sport. I knew stuff about sports, but about the Mets and things like that. I mean, I was five years old. Um, but he would like continue to show me that highlight because it's such a cool moment. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't think there's a lot more that I know, like in my head, or like top David Wright highlight moments. Um,
1: What's frankly, sad is that there should be a lot more. There should be a lot. Had more it right. not been for when he got hit in the head twice, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that completely messed him up because he was on a tear before he got hit in the head. He never was quite as good, and then obviously mm-hmm. the the back injury, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. really cut his career short. Set so I mean, especially because after he signed that contract, essentially he just had a monster year. You know, so I felt like there still was a lot more really good David Wright seasons to come, and he tried his best, but he never really could quite get back to that level and continue to play. But at least he still gave them message. At least he performed in a World Series, you know, he got a home run, so that definitely was good. But it's sad that his career was definitely cut much shorter than it was. Like, the fact that he turned only 38 today, yeah. and, and we still have, you know, Robbie Cano playing at, at mm-hmm. a very similar age, like, you know, that definitely is really unfortunate. Yeah, he could have another good David Wright moment was him in the home run derby. You know, yeah, in 06 uh, right. in Pittsburgh, you know, he he was bent bombs. And he yeah. actually had a home run in the All-Star game, I believe, as well mm-hmm. uh, that, that same right. year. Yeah. So that definitely was another good moment for him on national stage.
2: Yeah. I like the fact that he was the captain, but he chose not to wear the C. He's like, it doesn't yeah. need to be known that I'm the captain. Everyone's yeah. going to know that I'm a leader and I'm going to lead everyone into mm-hmm. success. That's what I liked about him. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then the thing about there wasn't much success, but... The thing about David Wright, like that character, especially in New York, it's so hard to get another person like that. Because you said, Brian, you'd be so upset if you ever found out something bad about David Wright because this is a guy who's like as close to perfect a person as you could possibly get. Mm -hmm. So he definitely just set such a good example for the organization in New York. And he does charity work and all that stuff. Like David is just an all-around great guy. And I'm glad that the Mets have appreciated him and still given him a role in the front office just so he's around the team and everything because he deserves it. Because it was very easy for him to just to walk away like Aronado wants to do. Aronado wants to mm-hmm. – no part of the Rockies because they stink. You know, David Wright mm-hmm. would never do something like that because even as bad as the Mets were, he would stick around and still try his best.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, for me, like, players like – I don't know, like, Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and other players leaving their main teams, I think, puts, like, such a um, – a, a, a bad on mold. your legacy. Yeah, yeah I, I mean – just being able to say you stayed with one team your whole career and were a mainstay for that team, is just like Derek Jeter what he did with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. That if he went to another team, I think there would definitely be a tarnish on his legacy, for him being able to do what he did in New York. For David Wright being able to do what he did in New York. There's so many players that just leave their teams like in their last two years, and even it's their last two years it just puts a stain on their legacy. I mean, for example, I mean Henrik Lundqvist was in the was in the um, news this week um, for not being able to play this season, but he had just signed with the Capitals. And I mean, moving away from the Rangers, I know the Rangers weren't giving him a chance. And I I guess that's part of the reason, but just being able to say you were with your one team, your whole time is just a huge part for me. And it's one of the reasons David Wright is, goes down as one of the best athletes that I've ever followed. So, I mean, he's a huge part of why I'm a sports fan.
2: If you want to stay on the same topic of like, Staying with your team, even if you leave, Curtis Granderson was great at doing that. Um, really? I don't know if you guys know about his foundation, but he helps kids because he was, I believe, he grew up in Detroit or Chicago. I mean, it was some inner city yeah. that he grew yeah. up in, and every team that he plays for, he still has a home base for his foundation there, where he can still help hey. kids. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, he posted certain tweeting something when he got. I forgot what team he went to after the Mets. The
1: the Marlins. uh, I'm pretty sure. Marlins was one of the teams. I don't know if that was the only team, but I know he did. They're they're definitely the last team
2: he played with in 2019. But he still says, like, don't worry. I'm still going to have people there. We're going to make sure people get Mm -hmm. food. Like, everything's going to be okay. So, I was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's...
0: there's,
1: Yeah, there there are so few players like that. Like, the Granderson, the Wright, the Mm Jeter, especially nowadays. It's becoming more and more rare. Yeah, where you're seeing one player stay with the whole team the whole way through. So, I mean... Any guy like that, you definitely have to appreciate him. And I feel like we did. You know, I, I think David Wright has definitely been appreciated, which is definitely good to see because he deserves
0: it. I mean, just to, like,
1: end this uh,
0: topic off, I don't know if you guys have anything else. But, like, if I, like, go down the lines of Mets players, like, obviously you have Tom Seaver um, and, like, the other the, – Mike Piazza, whose number is retired. <laughs> obviously I wasn't following the Mets when Mike Piazza was on the oh. team and I guess I'm talking out of line a little bit, but I'd say, like, David Wright is... Even if his, like, number... Like, his numbers are even... I mean, he's top in almost all the offensive categories. But, Mm -hmm. like, if I were to say, like, he... Like, who's the Mr. Met or whatever you want to say? Like, Tom Seaver is number one, I think. But then I think it might be David Wright, in my opinion. I I didn't watch Mike Piazza, but Mike Piazza wasn't a Met his whole career. David Wright grew, grew up through the Mets organization. And, I mean... Honestly, Tom Seaver obviously had a better career than David Wright, but he'd be very close. You you wouldn't be crazy to say that David Wright's be above Tom Seaver and who's, like, the Mets. But I think Tom, I think you have to give it to Tom Seaver just because he was there for, like, very close to the beginning of the Mets. But, um, yeah.
1: And, and not under his own power. He was not Met the whole time, you know, because the right. Mets the typical Met things trading him to the Reds. But yeah. I, I think that because it was so long ago, like, I mean – Old Med fans will say Tom Seaver, but I feel like nowadays and going forward, David is probably going to be the guy because eventually Tom Seaver yeah. is going to be a guy that no one even remembers. Well, i no remembers, but it was so yeah. long ago that no one saw him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it becomes tough to remember.
0: Yeah. I think that
1: you guys have anything else about David Wright?
0: that you want to say? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that ends this week's podcast. I'm not sure how long that was, but we're definitely... Probably one of our shorter ones, but who knows? Maybe that's is better. Um, but yeah, so not a lot of met stuff this week. Hoping for some more Met stuff this week. It seems like the the hot stove has really like just stopped with all the teams. Um yeah. and that could be because of they we're trying to figure out the payroll and all that stuff. Um I don't know when that's going on, but I'm pretty sure that just happened.
1: Um one more big yeah. thing. We're talking about right. David Right? When are the Mexican retirees number? Right, yeah.
2: It's got to be next uh, you know,
1: season. I mean, like, what, what are you waiting for? Well, what, what more <laughs> did this guy have to do for you? As this soon as he retired, it should happen. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. guy, when he was on his comeback track, we didn't even talk about, like, you know the kind of pre-work regimen he had to go through just to play? All the yeah. stretching he had to go under just to even be able to perform? I and mean, he did so much extra for this team. Man. Can't get his number retired. But don't forget, uh, the Wilpons are going to build the Seaver statue. So, at least we have that coming. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Man. laughs> I mean, it has gotta come soon. Uh, yeah. especially with the new ownership. I, mm-hmm. I think they'll be less
0: stingy on who they uh decide to um uh, mm-hmm. retire
1: numbers. Because um, I like Kuzma as much as the next guy, but I mean come on now. If Kuzma's <laughs> number retired, Dave Rice was gonna be retired.
0: Yeah. I mean it's I uh, if I totally <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, come on now. I mean I, I, re- I hope they wait till like a time when like fans yeah. are back in the stadium, um, which I think they'll probably do. But good
1: yeah. thing there's not a big time player they're trying to get. That where is number five? Because <laughs> that definitely <laughs> would be a, that could be a problem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Happy birthday, David Wright. Um, not much more to say. Hoping for more news next week so we can do a more full podcast. But I think we got some good ideas out this week. So thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us at the Met Universe. Um, you can follow us, the sport universe, things like that. Um, other than that, see you next time.